The following audio is from Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas. Our mission, to make and mature disciples through the gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information about Fellowship, visit fellowshiptx.org. All right, guys, this is uh, Daniel Ward, the student pastor here at Fellowship Church, and I'm here with Julian Martinez, our interim pastor. And uh, we had a great day Sunday in, uh, inside our building again. It was an awesome time. It was the first time I've led worship inside the building since we've been back and had a great time uh, doing that. People were really engaged, and, and you can tell the people are just excited to be back back in the swing of things. Yeah, and I think as we get closer and closer to this and we get child care and whatnot, people are definitely going to be more engaged. But it does seem like they're very energetic, like they want to be at church. Yeah. And, you know, you can tell the enthusiasm when we're in the building. Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, very exciting to be back uh, meeting together and um, looking forward to uh, not this Sunday, but next one, bring a little bit of child care back. Mm-hmm. And then uh, not just so that we can get the kids out of the building, but so they can have, you know, their own kind of program and yeah. be engaged. And then about a month later, we'll bring back everything else and be back back to normal. I'm excited. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and dive in. I thought it was a great sermon Sunday. Uh, very challenging. Uh, that text is very challenging. And, and I thought you did a great job uh, unpacking that for us. And uh, I actually listened to it a couple of times on a podcast. Uh, I uploaded it to the podcast and listened to it. And it was great. So uh, a couple of questions I had wrote down uh, to discuss. You said that the goal is not to build fellowship. The goal is to build the kingdom. And, uh, you know, we've talked about this in I agree 100 percent that that mm-hmm. um, we can get this mindset of growing our kingdom here, our little church here, and uh, and and we we invest in that, right? We invest our money in that. We invest our programs, our time, our energy, our effort. That that can very much become the focus to the point where it can become an idol, even right to where sure. we're not so much worried about serving God, we're worried about building our own church, our own kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for me, as someone who's grown up in church my whole life, um, and, and you know, church is something that's very familiar for me, um, to me that's kind of a culture shift, not just for fellowship, but for church in general. Like mm-hmm. any church that I've ever kind of been part of, the idea seems to be more invite your friends to church, invite your friends to church, let's let's pack the place out, let's grow this mm-hmm. thing, let's... And, and so the, the idea that we're not focusing on growing the church, I think, can absolutely be a, a culture shift um, for, for our people, too, individually. To, you know, it's a shift in mindset of, right. of what your focus is and what your goal is. And I think it's a more biblical and a more pure goal. Yeah. Um, but I think there's things that comes with that, right? And so we have to shift our focus personally individually like my my focus individually has to change from growing um the church to building a kingdom and being okay when people you know kind of leave and go and do their own thing uh to to, but then there's also a shift in focus corporately as a church right our our identity as a church will change when this is our mindset Mm -hmm. uh, because we're no longer built you know building programs to get people in the door we're trying to build people and build the kingdom and so my question to you is is how do we shift our focus? What what needs to take place for us to be able to shift our focus towards what you said of building the kingdom rather than trying to build a church? So I think that's like 
a two-part question because you know you said corporately and individually mm -hmm. and corporately you know it all starts from the leadership it yeah. starts from the head down mm -hmm. and so if i'm going to be the type of pastor who is kind of like intimidated or guarded with my congregation and only thinking of you know my people here and not giving them the opportunities to go then that that doesn't benefit them and it doesn't follow a biblical model now you know there's a lot of pastors out there doing that right they they are building their church and they're uh, not really doing kind of what we're talking about and i know some great guys you know i know some good friends of mine mm. who are pastors and who are doing a good job shepherding their people and and everything else and loving on their people but but the idea of going or the idea of expanding outside of the four walls is kind of intimidating, right? right. It's kind of like uh, you, you you a little bit of pride sinks in too, right? Mm -hmm. Because you want to do all that you can do to make sure your church is the best it can be. And so whenever you let go of that or whenever you give someone else an opportunity and maybe they do better or in your eyes or maybe they're more successful then that kind of pride can sink in and you don't you don't want to let anybody go. Right. You know, you don't want to let anybody uh, run away with what you are doing. And I think that's the wrong mindset to have. So I think it starts with leadership. If we as pastors are not equipping people with the right mindset to go out rather than to stay in, then they're 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 not going to do it. But also individually, I think that there is this uh, this idea of what Christianity is. Uh, partly because the pastors have been telling people this is, you know, you come to church, you, you, you go to Sunday school, you read your Bible, you know, you, you do the good little church family thing and you be morally correct and everything else. And then you're good, right? Like, right. like we've got this goal set in mind that, that once we get to where we're going to pray in the morning and in the evening, and once we get to where we can read some of our Bible every day and make it to every church service, well, then then now, you know, we're, we've kind of reached this pinnacle in our faith to where we're doing, we're, we're like this super Christian. Mm. But God never, Jesus never, I mean, he wants us obviously to fix the sin in our life, and that's the job he does in us. Mm. But the challenge was always to go, right. even imperfectly. If you look at uh, all throughout Acts, Peter, Peter, I love the Apostle Peter. He's my favorite apostle just because he's kind of a hothead, you know, and he he flies off the handle every once in a while. That's kind of how I used to be. Yeah. But I see him like a normal person who has flaws mm. and Peter's killing it. Right. And he's going out and doing things. And later, the Apostle Paul has to reprimand him because of some of the things he's doing. And so Jesus never said like like. You know, you got to get as best cleaned up as you can get before I can ever use you or anything like that. Right. And obviously, he does clean us up, but that's a job he does, not that we do. And and so we have this idea that this is what church is mm. coming to these doors every time they're open and making sure that we're super faithful. But that's not what Christianity is. Right. That's a byproduct of Christianity. If you're a Christian, then obviously you're going to make it to church every time the doors are open. Obviously, you're going to want fellowship with, with the brethren. But at the same time, you know, Christianity in, in its essence is going and telling the good news, right? right? We've been given this gospel message, and I related it to like can the Cure to Cancer mm. Sunday, that uh, if, if you had this great message, why would you keep it in? And so Jesus, as he's given this commission, as he's given this objective, he says— you know, this is the only thing I want you doing. You go out and do this. 
it's called good news for a reason. People need to hear it. Mm. And so if we don't have that on the forefront of our minds, uh, then it, then it, it's not going to work, right? Yeah. Even corporately, it won't work because, you know, if, if we have ourselves on the forefront and not the gospel on the forefront, then it's going to be a lost cause. Yeah, absolutely. You're kind of talking about the pastor thing, that, uh, and I think the root of that is pride. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's this idea that, you know, I've built something, and I don't want to lose it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's kind of like this prideful fear thing and, and this, this desire to control, um, you know. And, and I think that deep down it's, it's, a, it's a sin issue of I want to build my own kingdom. And I don't think it starts that way. I think it starts pure. I want to, you know, reach people for Christ. Sure. Yeah. And, then, and then as, it, as that grows, you have this fear that you're going to lose what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminds me like when you're a kid and you're playing Legos with somebody and, and they want one of your pieces, but you've already built this really awesome house. And <laughs> yeah. they're like, hey, can I have that piece? And you're like, no, you can't have this piece, right? <laughs> but how much more majestic of a house would it be if you both pulled your, all your logo, Legos together and built yeah. something, right? And so if that's our focus of building a kingdom, then there's no competition between churches. I'm not trying to right. you know, f- battle it out with First Nederland or Hillcrest or any of those other churches in our mm-hmm. area. Uh, if someone goes to a like-minded church and they're serving God, then hey, good, good for you. As long as you're, you know, you're doing what God's called you to do. Right. Um, and and so, there there, there shouldn't be this com- this comp- competitive mentality of, of you know these are my people and yeah. because they're not they're God's people. Right. And, and our our greatest win would be that someone would leave and go plant a church or go Absolutely. and start a ministry somewhere. You know if. If another church needed a, a college director and they wanted one of our people to do it, man, how awesome would that be that they're yeah. that they're leading in ministry and, and taking a step forward? And so, um, yeah. I think that's really yeah. Like, thing. what if we could be together in one mindset, right? Like that's kind of the idea as Paul was setting up these churches that they they were not in competition together. They they were actually like one large church split up into individual local churches. Right. Right. And they all had the same mindset. At one point, Paul's saying that, you know, they were sending in offerings for Paul, even the poorer churches. They all had the one mission in mind. And what if like every church in Nederland had that mission that we're going to go and we're going to make disciples where there are no disciples. And we talked about like Port Arthur, how it's kind of run down now mm. and, you know, needs the gospel. There's really no real good Bible believing churches down there. Uh, and so, what if we all got together and said we're going to plant down there and we're going to pull our resources and we're going to pull all the 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 you know the people who can make it happen together from each and every church and do that that's the idea yeah you know but we come into this mindset of oh hillcrest has more people or nederland or whatever and we want to it's pride you're right mm. you know we, we want to feel like we should be the ones who are doing such a great job and having people come to our church when that's not the idea at all. That's not even what it's about. Yeah. And and how awesome would that be if we could pull our resources and everybody would be like-minded? Then I think that would be getting back to where kind of Jesus wanted us to be in the first place. Yeah, it was like that Elephant Room series that we watched yeah. uh, where all these pastors get together and they're kind of debating issues. And one of them, they're talking about campuses and stuff like that and versus starting new churches. And, and one of the guys um, basically says, why would I put some young dude in in a pastor position of a, a church that I start so he can ruin everything that I built. Yeah, it's horrible. And I'm like, man, how prideful is that? I mean, you yeah. didn't build nothing. Jesus built that church. That's yeah. that's not your church. That's God's church and and I get you don't want to put some bonehead in there that's going to ruin it, but at right. the same time, like 
you don't have to control everything. Yeah. It, it, your way isn't necessarily the best way. Other people have, you know, ways that are different, but just as good. Yeah. You know, I'm going to pastor differently than you're going to pastor. And, and that's good because you're going to reach people that I'm not going to reach. That's and, and, exactly right. And that's the, that's why God wired us the way that he wired us so that we can be more effective for the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's the key, right? That, that we understand we're not the end all. Yeah. Right? And we've both admitted that how much of a control freak we are. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not the end all. My preaching or, you know, however I lead people is not the end all. Yeah. Your preaching, however you lead people is not the end all. And we have to remember how that, you know, we we sometimes we put ourselves in that driver's seat and yeah. then we don't want to let go. Yeah. You know, like we're the God's greatest gift to earth or something mm-hmm. when it comes to ministry. Yeah. And that's not the case. You know, there's all kinds of people out there doing ministry. And like I said, if we were all like minded. And, and missional minded mm. in the way that, that Jesus wanted us to be, it would be a totally different case. Yeah, absolutely. So next question is this. You said the gospel won't be successful if it stops here. And uh, my question to you is, you know, I've, I've been at Fellowship for, for a really long time and, and seen um, a lot of people kind of come and go. And, and a lot of people have come through Fellowship and are in full-time ministry now. Mm. You know, there's Guys like John Decker in Ohio, who's a pastor, uh, grew up here. Dustin Bird, who grew up here as a youth pastor in uh, First Gr- Baptist Groves. Um, Dusty Carson's planted a church in Virginia. I mean, there's just a lot of uh, guys that I can think of that grew up here um, and, and then, you know, were equipped here even, trained here, and, and then went out and, and are doing ministry themselves. And, uh, and, and we still see that some today, you know, like Hannah Broyles just graduated from BBC and then yeah. they're going to be her and her fiance are going to be working in a, a church soon. Uh, but I don't know that we see it as much as maybe we used to. It's, it seems like some of that surrender um, that we used to see do, it do, doesn't seem to take place as much as it used to. So why do you think that we don't see people surrender to go as much as maybe we used to? Yeah, um, I think that's a twofold one, too. So, again, it starts with leadership. right? We as pastors have to be able to... Uh, recognize that call in somebody's life you know obviously the person has to recognize the call in their own lives but we also have to be able to recognize hey god wants to use this young person or whoever uh to to really go out and do things for him or to plant a church or to be a missionary or whatever and and so half of it has been our fault as pastors not recognizing that and not challenging people to to pursue that right because if I challenge young people or you as a student pastor challenge people, young people to to really consider, you know, full time ministry or, you know, doing what God wants them to do, then then, you know, they need to be encouraged. They yeah. need to hear from their leadership. It's OK to go do that instead of this. Right. Right. It's OK to 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 go and to be a pastor. It's OK to to pursue that. And I think we've we've done a poor job of mm. helping our our young people understand that that's a direction God would want them to go. Yeah. Right. And we get so influenced with money making and with, mm. you know, uh, you know, these high secular jobs that they want to go into and and that we lose this focus. You know, we probably want them to give or whatever. Mm. And so and so I think that leadership has a lot to do with it, because even even in people that are older, right, their age is not a limit to this. Right. So when I surrendered to ministry, I was like 26, 27 years old. I mean, it's horrible going to college as a 30-year-old. You know, you've mm-hmm. been there. Yeah. And, you know, you're sitting there with 18-year-olds, and it's just so weird. 
But I remember, you know, we were working and doing life and on a successful track on my job and God called us and we left everything to do it. And, and so, you know, I was like almost 30. And I, I know of some people right now who are missionaries who surrendered like in their late 40s going on 50. Yeah. And so there's no age limit to this, that God can absolutely pull somebody out of the lifestyle they think they need to pursue mm. into a life uh, of ministry for him and really expand in the kingdom. So I think leadership is half of it. We have to be able to encourage people, right? Uh, mm. it's, it's, it's very difficult because, you know, how am I going to go up to somebody and say, man, I see this in you. And, you know, you know, I think you should, you know, quit your job that sustains you and your family and go into ministry and make less money. Right. You know, uh, and, 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 and so obviously God provides, right. And we know that being mm. ministers that God's always going to yeah. provide, no matter what the number is that you make a year, God's going to provide. And he always does. And, and so it's, it's, it, but, but that's hard to do. That's hard for me to recognize in somebody and then actually convince them or try to help them, encourage them to do that. Mm. You know, I always said, you know, the way we did it, you know, we quit our jobs, we sold everything we had, and we went away. You know, if somebody were to walk into my office today and tell me that they were thinking that, it'd be real hard for me to agree with them. You know, I'd almost want to slap them across the head and be like, what are you <laughs> what are thinking? You, you know, that's very illogical. But that's how God works sometimes. Right. And so I think leadership needs to encourage that. And then I also think, you know, as we were talking about students, you know, parents have the other half of that, yeah. right? We as parents want to see our kids be super successful and do better than we ever did. And, and so we put them in sports and we put them on the fast track to make all, every kid's going to be the next professional sports player. Right. But we've been there. You know, Richard plays baseball and he's really good at it. And so, you know, there's always this thought, you know, man, he could be pro or whatever. And trust me, every single parent thinks that about their kid. And right. I'm not saying it can't happen because I'm kind of one of those optimistic ones. Like, you know, why wouldn't it happen to this kid? Yeah. However, you know, I think we get in this rut that we see that lifestyle as desirable and we want that for our kids. So we don't encourage full time ministry. Mm. We don't encourage going out and surrendering everything you have to Jesus to be able to live your life working for him. And uh, and so that that's kind of the thing, too, is that we uh, we don't encourage our kids enough. And yet some parents I've seen even discourage their kids from going yeah. into ministry. Right. I've seen teenagers who, you know, really are thinking about it and their parents are like, no, you know, you're not gonna make any money in ministry. That's that's not what you want to do. And right. so, uh, you know, maybe you can talk to that. I know you've seen a lot of students in your time. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, even even my parents, when I surrendered to ministry, I was 16 <laughs> and uh, my parents were very encouraging and they even bought me a Bible and, you know, they were, they were very encouraging of what I was doing, but I can, I could sense even as a 16 year old, the uneasiness and the worry of what if this doesn't pan out kind From of your thing. parents. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly my mom. She's a warrior. <laughs> I worry yeah. She's, this. she's a warrior. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, I, I know that she was nervous about that decision. Sure. Um, and, and and I get that, you know, I get that parents are nervous about that decision because, um, you know, they worry that, you know, you may, won't make enough money and how are you going to provide for your family and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and what I hate to hear is, you know, a student who has committed to, you know, in their heart, they feel like God's calling the ministry. We've had a conversation. I even have a, 
a, a book that I go through with any student who comes up and says they feel called to ministry. Mm. Just just to clarify, like, here's what that means. Let's sure. make sure you understand what it means. To be. It's not just hanging out with, you know, hanging out with teenagers and playing video games all day. Like yeah. this is, <laughs> this is, uh, this is something a little more serious. And so, and, and anytime a student comes to me and says, Hey, I feel called to ministry. I don't say, all right, well, let's, let's make that commitment right now. I say, well, let's talk about what that means before you commit to give your life to God. Let's make sure you understand what that means because once you give it, you can't take it back. Sure. And so, um, you know, I'll have all those conversations with the kid and then, you know, they, I genuinely believe they're called to ministry and they believe they're called to ministry. And, and there's, there's a lot of evidence of that. They'll go to their parents and then the parent has this different vision in mind for what they want for their kid to grow up. They, you know, they want them to be an engineer or a lawyer. They have these big, yeah. vast dreams for their kids. And, and it's really difficult for them to let those go and, and allow God's, you know, will for their life to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing, the phrase I hate to hear is, well, make sure that you have a plan B. Right. Because what that communicates to the teenager is that God's plan A is not good enough. Mm. And, yeah. and it may you may fail and need a plan B mm. and uh, and I just think that that communicates a, a terrible message to our to our students especially the ones who are saying I feel God speaking to me to, to go into this full-time ministry and serve God with my life right and, and then the parent says well you need a plan B when you go to college go for something else so you can have a plan B yeah. in case you don't have that to fall back on and 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 it just communicates again that like God doesn't have the ability to provide mm-hmm. if you know if you God forbid something happens to the church that you're serving at they can't pay you anymore that, that God can't, won't provide in that moment. Right. I mean, yeah. you and I both know that, like you said, God's always provided. We've been always. doing ministry for a very long time, and God has always provided. We've never been rich, no, but right. we've never not had food or yeah. clothes or a place to stay. I mean, God's always provided, and 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 I think that. Um, you know, as parents, when, when our kid surrenders to ministry, I get being a little nervous about that. But at the same time, we need to encourage that. We need to, we need to, uh, you know, say, that's awesome. Let me, let, you know, talk to the pastors of our church. Let me find some internship programs for you. Where are we going to go to school? You know, start yeah. encouraging that so that they'll be equipped mm-hmm. and know that you're in their corner and not against that. Because how many times have we heard students who their parents, like, pretty much write them off for going to Bible college. Oh, yeah. And that's crazy. Like, your kid's not going to sell meth or anything. They're going <laughs> to Bible college. Yeah. And just because it doesn't align with your vision for their life, you're going dis- to, like, disown them? Like, I, I've heard so many stories from kids who have gone to BBC mm-hmm. who who their parents have kind of just written them off. And, yeah, like, if you're going to go here, I'm not going to support Yeah, I'm not going to support I'm not going to pay. I was going to pay for your college to go to this mega million dollar mm-hmm. institution, but I'm not going to pay for you to go to Bible. I mean, I, don't, I just don't get that. <laughs> Yeah. And so I think you're exactly right. I think um, we as leadership do need to encourage it and, and preach it and, you know, challenge people to that. Yeah. I think sometimes that's what people need is a little challenging message, kind of like the one that you just gave, like that there's this command to go and it doesn't sure. just mean stay here. And I do think that um, for teenagers especially, you know, support from their parents is is key. Yeah, and I think, like we said earlier on the first question, like it's a total mindset, right? Jesus said, don't store up for yourself treasure here on heaven, right? Where yeah, your treasure is, uh, where your heart is there, your treasure will be. And it's like that That's that should speak to us volumes, mm. that instead of building up our, our good retirement and a good, you know, like 
all this stuff here on earth and mm. having the house and having the car and the boat and the property and the deer lease and everything else, you know, those are treasures that are going to go away. Yeah. That are, you know, I'm not saying you can't have all that, but yeah. what I'm saying is we put those things sometimes in the front burner yeah. and say this other stuff can be in the back burner. Yeah. Right. Like Solomon says, chasing after the wind. Yeah. Like chasing just... after the wind. Like, you know, you're going to die. And, and, and when you get to heaven, God's going to ask you what you did with the information he gave you about Jesus. You know, and, and an answer to say, well, I had a deer lease and I had a boat and I had a car and I had to pay for all those things. And so I had to work. That's not going to cut yeah, it, right. you know. And so I do think it's a total mindset for us to get out of our minds. Lay people. I'm not even talking about full time ministry. I think lay people need to get it out of their heads that everything in this world uh, that they build up for is the most important thing because it's not. Yeah. Everything that's coming next is the most important thing, and that should be the mindset. Yeah, I agree. And that kind of leads us into the final question. You said we've all been called to take the gospel forward, like every person. It's not just the staff. It's not just pastors. It's not just deacons. Every person who's a believer has been called to take the gospel forward, and we all have a role in that. Right. Um, so what does that look like practically for, you know, just a regular church member who comes, you know, because we're pastors. Yeah. And, and so this is on our mind all the time. And, um, you know, we we do this for a living. So we're not having to go to work somewhere else and not think about ministry. We're, sure. we're thinking about ministry over here. So for a normal church person, what is it? What does it look like practically for them to take the gospel forward? So um, I heard this quote and I don't remember who it was from, but, uh, you know, they said, like, you know, you, you're not a plant operator, right? If that's your job, you're not a policeman, you're not a firefighter, you're a disciple maker. And if you're a disciple maker, then that should be what you do all the time. So we're all going to have to work. We're all going to have to do something. You know, at some point, I believe here in America, churches are going to be shut down by the government. And it's coming. You know, it's happened to every other Christian, you know, uh, Christian like uh, grouping yeah. uh, that that has gone really well. The government cracks down on them. That's Satan, right? Yeah. And so and so at one point we're going to have to do something, but we're still going to be called pastors, right? I'm still called the pastor and shepherd people. And mm-hmm. so the the idea that everyone is called because God Jesus gave this commission to everyone is that you're not defined by your job, right? You're mm. not a teacher. You're, you're not a secretary. You're not an executive. You're a disciple maker. Right. And disciple making is to be what you do as you go along in your life. And I think people get wrapped up in that mindset that, you know, I'm, I'm this person at my job and I need to be the best plant operator I can be and go climb up the ladder until I get retirement and everything. And then I'll have time to do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. No, that's wrong. That's not your identity. Your identity is in Christ and who he is in you. And so you should live your life out doing that as you are a plant operator, as you are a fireman, as you are a, a police officer. And so, you know, the fact that we've all been called to go, but yet a lot of us never speak to anybody about Jesus mm. at all. Right. That that should that should haunt our minds that we've been given this great message and that we haven't told anybody. Yeah. Right. For whatever reason, you know, we've all been there. It's yeah. very awkward sometimes. Uh, it's uneasy mm. to to talk to anybody about Jesus. But you know, um, we have these discipleship leadership uh, training coming up. Right. And and that's the idea that we are able to teach people how to build those relationships, how to go with baby steps to get to where you want to be. Uh, e- either you know 
presenting someone with the gospel or evangelizing to them or just building that relationship to get them there one day. You know, there's a lot to it. But if we don't do anything, you know, we're living our lives for ourselves and not for what Jesus commanded us mm. to do. Yeah, I uh, I think it's it's a hard thing because, you know, we, we live in this culture, right? We live in this world, and the world that we live in, you know, it, we we had we got had jobs, mm-hmm. right? And, sure. And and it's very easy because we live in this world for our focus to shift and be just like the rest of the worlds, mm-hmm. to where, like you said, we're living to provide for our own enjoyment. Like you know, we want a nice house, mm-hmm. so we we work extra hours to to have a nicer house or a nicer car or, right. or you know all this recreation and leisure. And spending time with our family and, and all of those things are good. Like working is biblical. Spending time in your family and discipling your family is biblical. Absolutely. But none of that should take precedence over our greatest call in life. And, and, and that's to make disciples, right? Jesus said, go make disciples. That was like his singular command for us. It that's wasn't, it. it wasn't go make disciples and do this and do that and do this and do that. I mean, it was literally just go make disciples Mm -hmm. that that's that is the command for us as believers and so i I think you said it perfect our our focus can't be i have to work my job i have to provide for my family i have to you know have times where i rest and and leisure and you know go to the hunt lease go fishing whatever and 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 then when i have time if i have time i'll make disciples yeah because you you've totally messed up your purpose in life Mm -hmm. your purpose in life is to make disciples and then you figure out how to do that in all of those other avenues because you can make disciples at work absolutely you can build relationships talk to them at lunch whatever build disciples at at work you can build disciples on the lake fishing that's right right. just invite a lost friend with you and 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 that's actually a perfect time to have a a discuss a spiritual conversation it's a perfect way to do it yeah and, and you continue to do that and you know, all of these things are good things. It's just you have to do them all through the lens of my purpose in life is to make disciples. My yeah. purpose in life is not to provide for my family. It's not to, um, you know, work and, and 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 spend my life trying to, you know, obtain things and, and have nice stuff. Uh, your purpose in life is to make disciples. And, and if that's your focus, then all of that other stuff will stay in line where it's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, so, you know... Th- it's okay to have activities. It's okay to do things that you like, you know, but God wired each and every one of us differently like that. You know, like I love to golf. You hate golf, right? Right. We've been out there. You're no good. So you hate it. And so, but you love to, you know, do other things. Right. And so, uh, and so God wired you differently than he wired me, but he didn't wire me so that I could go out and just play golf all the time. He wired me that way because there's somebody out there who plays golf who I'm going to be able to invite to play golf with and build that relationship. Yeah. Just like you said about hunting and fishing and all this other stuff. It's totally okay to have that. But what if we had, imagine if we had this mindset of I'm going to use everything I have to glorify God. Mm. Meaning if I go out to fish, I'm inviting a lost friend. If I go to the hunting lease, I'm going to invite a lost friend. If I go golfing, I'm going to invite a lost friend. If I have a barbecue at my house, I'm going to invite somebody that's lost over to build that relationship. Mm. And, and now, obviously, we're not living for that stuff, but because of the stuff we have, we can then glorify God. Yeah. And it's a means to an end. 
Like we, we know we're not taking that with us. We know we're not building our life for that. It's a tool. But, but they're tools and they're opportunities to be yeah. able to do what God has commanded us to do. So if we could look at life through that lens, that everything I do, whether it be my job, whether it be my hobbies, my family, if everything I do will will be uh, guided towards or directed towards glorifying God and what he wants me to do, then we can accomplish that. And, and it's not going to be easy, but we can accomplish it. Yeah, it, it's it's, I have a lot of friends who who are like salesmen for big equipment companies at the plants. Sure. And that's their mindset. Like mm. they're trying to build relationships with clients. And so they have deer leases. They have yeah. big boats. They have all this stuff. But all of that is for the purpose of building relationships with clients so yeah. they can sell them stuff. Yeah. It's the same thing. We're just actually giving them something that is of extreme value, right? right. We're giving them the gospel, something that, that is – we're not trying to sell it to them, but we're, we're trying to point them towards life. And we do that through relationship building, and and, and so yeah, absolutely. You, your your boat is just a tool to be able to make disciples. Your house yeah. is just a tool to make disciples. All of that, and so um, yeah, I I think that it's it's all about shifting our focus in life and and understanding that your focus should never be about your. If you ever come to the point where you're like, I don't have time to make disciples, then yeah. you you've missed the point. Oh yeah, you've missed it. You're. You're, you're saying, I don't have time to do the one thing that Jesus told me to do. That's it, one thing. Yeah, and yeah. so it's it's just a it's a, just a total mistake in 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 your priority list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like I said, you know, when you read the Gospels, and Jesus is pretty harsh on people, he never holds back. So if you can imagine, if you have this mindset of I really just don't have time walking up to a physical Jesus and saying, Jesus, I love you, man, but I just ain't got time to do this. Yeah. He's going to leave you in the dust. <laughs> it's like Nicodemus, right? Yeah. You know, like the rich young ruler, rich like young ruler yeah. all that. And so, and so we know we love Jesus and he's in our heart and everything, but don't forget the fact that he called us to do something and he doesn't accept excuses Yeah, because we don't deserve them. Yeah. Right. He's given us everything. He's given us through grace and mercy and we should, uh, very much do whatever we can in thankfulness and gratitude to do what he's called us to do. Yeah. Well, I think it's a good stopping point for us today. Um, again, great message Sunday and I appreciate uh, all you did preparing for that and sharing that with us. And I think it's uh, definitely a, a good message to kind of shift our focus as a church and, and kind of get us pointed in the right direction as we move into the future after, after COVID-19 kind of clears up and we start uh, really getting back to business here. Yeah. So we're excited about that. We're excited about some, some discipleship stuff starting uh, here at our church in the next uh, few weeks and, uh, and all the other stuff that's been coming up. And so uh, we're looking forward to seeing you guys again Sunday. We're going to be meeting inside again and, uh, and one more week uh, without childcare. And then we'll be back to having some childcare at 11 and uh, it's going to great be a great time, and uh, we look forward to seeing you there. We love you. Have a great day, and God bless. Thank you so much for listening today, and we always welcome you to join us at Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas, where we gather, grow, give, and go.